0: Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believers Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Happy Labor Day weekend, and I trust uh, the majority of you have tomorrow off, and it looks like the sun will shine uh, later in the day, which is really, really exciting. And I am finishing up uh, a series I've had a lot of fun with. It's titled Gatekeeper and uh, this is our final lesson in the series, and I want to open up by reading a scripture to you. Here's the scripture, 2 uh, Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So in order for you and I to be thoroughly equipped, all scripture is the Bible, and I, I love the fact it says it's God-breathed that Came out of God's mouth. And in order for us to be thoroughly equipped, we have to sit under teaching. We have to hear the Word of God from all these different perspectives. And teaching here can also be translated as doctrine. And that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to lay some doctrine for you. And uh, for some of you, this will be the first time you heard this part of the Bible. And I am so excited you're with us. So excited you're here. For others, I'm going to teach something that you've heard many, many times and it's going to enhance your walk and i'm going to encourage you to go to the next level and for some you may have been part of a church or you've heard critics that actually believe this isn't for today and i'm excited that you're with us i'm i'm kind of going to kind of be like fox news you know their their motto i'm going to report you decide today so um, i'm going to teach the bible and you need to say father do i believe this father where do i connect this into my life And we're going to talk about this thing, it goes under all kinds of names, uh, receiving the Holy Spirit, being baptized with the Holy Spirit, and when it comes to you being the gatekeeper, we're supposed to be the gatekeeper of our heart, our inner man. We talked about different ways, last week we talked about the fact that routine leads to rhythm, we talked about your Bible routine, your prayer routine, your worship routine, and today we're going to talk about something that's just really absolutely incredible. And all of you that are here, no, longer, no matter how long you've been here, uh, you know I'm legit. You know I'm for real. You know I'm not weird. And, uh, and yet this is such a powerful and true subject. I'm just so excited to be able to teach it to you. So I'm going to begin with an event that happened in the Bible, all Scripture. This is an event that took place in the Bible. Um, God showed Peter that non-Jews could accept Christ and become Christians. The the early Jewish church didn't believe we could accept Christ, us non-Jews. So he showed Peter. Then he sent Peter to this guy's house. His name was Cornelius. Cornelius was an Italian officer in the Roman army. And he was a God-fearing man, but he didn't know Jesus. So God said to Peter, go tell him about Jesus. So Peter went. Peter preached him this message about Jesus, told him all about Jesus. And he's just ending his message, just finishing it. And, and, and we're going to take, take over now right where he's near the end. Acts 10, 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. That's non-Jewish people. For they heard them. This is how they knew. They heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked... Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, referring to the day of Pentecost, 120 in the upper room? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. He's Italian. He baked them lasagna and pasta, and he fed them. That's what Italians do. They feed people. So Peter enjoyed that. That was a reward from God. But take a look at the scripture, guys talking about the holy spirit falling on people that's verse 44 the gift of the holy spirit heard them speaking in tongues they received the holy spirit those are all phrases that describe the same event and we're going to find out today this is more than an event it's not just an event that happens one time so you and i can argue with people that didn't receive the event no and i want you to understand this i'm not going to shove this down your throat i'm going to teach you the scriptures i'm going to tell you how they bless my life and then you decide when you're ready to jump in. I, I talked to a girl in the lobbies last night. She accepted Christ last night. And, and how I know is she came up to tell me in the lobbies. She said, I accepted Christ. She had a Bible, a new Bible we gave her. And uh, so we talked and I got to know her name. And then uh, I, said, uh, I said, so how did you like service? Because I'm figuring she's brand new. First time, she, 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 she didn't know church. She didn't know God. She said, I loved it. She said, I'm not ready for it. She said, but I loved it. And I said, well, there's the thing called a spiritual bookshelf. I said, you put that baby on your spiritual bookshelf, and when you're ready, it's there. And just let God deal with you and let God talk to you. So I want to tell you a personal story. This is absolutely true. This is what happened to me when I accepted Christ. And I'm going to condense my story. Most of you uh, here have heard my story at one time or another, but I was 19. My brother Tony and I owned a barbell club. It was called the Still Valley Barbell Club. It was in Boardman, Ohio. And uh, we we duplicated Gold's Gym on the West Coast. This is before there was franchising. We duplicated Gold's and we brought it here. We went out there, saw how they did things, brought it back to Boardman, Ohio. And uh, so I have a gym, I have a guy come up, buy a membership and then he paid me to train him. And he talked to me about Jesus nonstop. And I cussed at him, I called him a Jesus freak and I made fun of him for two months solid. And I had everyone else in the gym help me and so He'd come back every time for his training like I never did anything and smile, and right around the three-month mark, I began to ask him questions. God softened my heart, and right at the end of the three-month mark, he called me one day, and he said, Joe, turn your TV on, and it was amazing. I had no customers. Never happens at that time of the day. I had zero customers. He said, turn your TV on, and I did. I watched a one-hour christian tv show i knelt down at the end and accepted christ as my savior and then i opened the bible he gave me a bible i opened the bible he gave me i'd never read the bible in my life i had been to church traditional church i heard people read the bible but i opened the bible up and it was bible roulette at its finest i opened it up and i went to first corinthians 12. i didn't even know what it was i didn't know it existed and i thought let me read the bible and that's where it opened and i read 1 corinthians 12 chapter 12, 13, and 14, and guess what they talk about, what we saw in our scripture, speaking in other tongues, and here I am reading it, I'm a brand new Christian, I'm a couple hours old, I just met Jesus, I was a dark, crazy non-believer, I was crazy, living in sin, and then I accepted Christ, I read his Bible, and, and, and I'm reading it, and all i could say is lord i don't i don't know what these tongues are but i want it i want these tongues can you imagine that i read it in his bible and said i want it and uh and it just gnawed at me all day so now it's 10 o'clock at night i locked the gym down and i'm pacing in my office and i'm just saying god i want this god i want this i want these tongues and then you know what happened how it said the holy spirit fell on them he followed me. I didn't know what it was. It actually scared me, but it almost knocked me over. It doesn't happen that way all the time, but it did to me. And, and I grabbed a counter in my office and I began to just speak in other tongues. I grabbed the counter because I was falling and, uh, and, and I began to speak in other tongues. And then I prophesied at the same time. Prophecy is when you uh, speak something in your known language. For us, it's English, but it's not coming from here. It's Coming from here. And I, I was surprising myself at what I was saying. And right when I was filled with the Spirit, I also prophesied. And one of the things I'll never forget what I prophesied was uh, the, the end is near, my son. The end is near. Serve me. Serve me. I'm like, What? The, I just prayed a prayer and accepted Christ. What is this? I drove all the way home from Boardman to Hallen and prayed in the Spirit and prophesied. I laid in my bed, prayed in the Spirit, and prophesied. That's pretty hard to tell a guy like me that that's not for today. Because, I mean, I remember I was working a job and this vendor came in, and he found out I was spirit filled, and uh, he came up to me and said, "What you have is of the devil, boy." And now, like I'm like 20 now, I'm one year old, and God, I don't know any scriptures I'm going to read today. And I looked at him and said, "What?" He said, "That's from the devil." And I don't ha- I don't know what to say. I-, I can't argue any doctrine, but God gave me something. God God's good like that, and uh, it's amazing what happened. I just looked at him. And I said, "You mean to tell me?" I accepted Jesus. I'm a new Christian. I read God's Bible. I said, the Bible's God, isn't it? He said, yeah, that's God. I said, okay. So I read God's Bible. He wrote about tons in there. I didn't write it. He did. And I said, and then I said, I'd like it. And he let the devil give it to me. I said, if he did that, I, I said, I made a mistake in accepting Jesus. And you know what? He was speechless. He, he didn't know what to say. He's like, blah, blah, blah. and he walked out. He never came to see me again, never talked to me again. And uh, here I am, I don't know anything, but I told him, man, this doesn't make sense. If the devil gave me this, we've got a problem with God to begin with. It's a beautiful thing. And not everybody receives in a spectacular way like I did. I really believe I did because I had five brothers and a mom and dad that, that didn't want me to follow Jesus. They fought me like crazy. And God, just kind of like he did with Cornelius, he kind of had me have that spectacular. You can you receive it in all kinds of different ways. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, take a look at the wall plug that's behind me, guys. Um, we all know what this is, and um, thank God for, for what's behind that. It, there's power behind that. Looks like an innocent plug, but isn't there power behind it? I found out the hard way when I was in junior high. My dad uh, used to tell me, don't stick anything in those holes. That, for me, I was the kind of kid that's like telling me, put something in there, Joe, put something in there. <laughs> and so one day I'm in the garage, and uh, I was just that kind of kid, and, um, and I had a screwdriver, and I thought, Dad said, I'm going to see what happens. And I sucked a screwdriver in. It literally knocked me on my back. It burned my hand. I had a burn mark on my hand. And I thought, oh, that's why Dad said, don't stick anything in there. <laughs> now I got it. There was power there. Now, I, I, I hooked into it a little bit the wrong way, but I realized there's power in there. And isn't it nice, guys? Um, you know, we have lamps in our homes. Isn't it nice when you plug them into the power source and turn them on? It lights a room. You have toasters, toaster ovens on your counter. Isn't it nice when they're plugged into the power you can make toast? That's, that's pretty cool. How about microwaves? We heat things with them all the time. We can also cook a meal in them. They have to be, don't they have to be plugged into the power? How about a washing machine? Man, I remember my nana, nana was my dad's mom. Nana, I used to go over to her house and in the basement she would wash clothes by hand. She had what she called a washing board. And she'd dip the clothes in soapy water, and then she'd just go like this on the washing board over and over, and then she would rinse them, and that that looked like a lot of work. I'm glad, aren't you glad you have a washing machine? But it doesn't work unless you plug it in. I'm gonna tell you something there's all kinds of things in your life that aren't working as good as they can because you're not plugged in. And when you plug in, they work at a much higher level. So I want you to walk out of here today just remembering this thought Holy Spirit prayer plugs us into power. And I'll explain it to you, and I'll explain what power means as we progress. But here's something I want you to know as I stand up here before you. One of the things I love to do is whatever I believe in the Bible, I like to listen to what the critics say that disagree with how I believe the Bible. Now, I, I listen to critics all the time. And, and I've had people say, why do you do that? You're crazy, why would you listen to a critic? And here's what I tell I tell, I have thousands of people listening to what I teach. And what if I'm wrong? And I believe I'm right, but I said, if that guy believes differently, I want to hear what he has to say, and if if I'm wrong, I'll change. If he can convince me, I'll go the other direction. So I'll put these critics on, and some of them, I just, I love them, I learn so many things from them in other areas, and I'll just say, Lord, you know what I believe about this subject. If I'm wrong, show me. Just open up my eyes as I listen to this person. And that's what I do, because I don't want to stand up here and teach you something that I'm not convinced is 100%. True. I know I don't know everything, but I want to be convinced it's true. So that's why I listen to critics. And and uh, I took their top three arguments. I'm gonna to talk to them, talk to you about them today, and then just kind of show you the opposite side of their arguments as we go we go forth. If I were teaching a Bible school class and I was a professor, I would show you six arguments and I would take a good hour, but I'm keeping it right around 30 minutes today. This is a weekend service, but I believe I can really help you out as I open this. Uh, wonderful truth up to you. So here's argument number one. And uh, it's pretty common. It's probably the most popular argument that tongues were done away with when the Bible was written and the last apostle of the Lamb died. The apostles of the Lamb are the 12 disciples of Jesus. We know Judas betrayed him. We know they picked another one. And and people believe they're called sensationalists. Uh, They believe the gifts ceased, all the spiritual gifts ceased. And they believe that it happened. Some of them believe when the last of the 12 apostles died. You can't find a scripture that says that anywhere in the Bible. I challenge you, you won't find it anywhere. But then others believe that when the Bible was written, when it was complete, that then we no longer needed the gifts. And they do have a scripture they use. And I want to show you that scripture. And I want to show you why I disagree with them. Just, and then and, and again, I report, you decide, okay? And so uh, take a look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. It says love never fails, and we're excited that God's love never fails. But when, uh, where there are prophecies, they will cease. That's referring to one of the gifts of the Spirit. It's referring to all of the gifts. There's going to come a day when we don't need gifts of the Spirit. I'm looking forward to that day. And, and then it says where there are tongues, it's referring to other tongues, they, were, they will be stilled. And I'm looking forward to that day when we don't need any of these gifts. And it goes on to say where there is knowledge, it will pass away. That's referring to our knowledge, gnosis of the scriptures. And we know in part, and we'll see that, but there's going to come a day when uh, you're going to find out that this precious Bible that I'm holding, there's coming a day when God's going to write the whole entire thing on your heart. Right now, we're putting as much of it in as God's going to write it all. We're going to understand it. It's going to be an incredible day. And we won't, we won't need the things and the tools we have now. But he goes on to say this, verse 9, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. The imperfect is referring to the prophecies, the tongues, the knowledge. Uh, all that we know in part will go, the gifts will go. I'm looking forward to that day. I can't wait for that day. and uh, Because that means something else really special happened. And notice what he said. When perfection comes. Some, some translations say when that which is perfect comes. So people will say that's the Bible. Now we have the Bible. We don't need any of these things. And, and you're going to find out when I read another verse below it can't be the Bible. But here's another way to know. Do you, see, do you see the phrase when perfection comes? And this is a little Bible school-ish. Just letting you know that I, I, I studied it out. But um, it's the Greek word teleos. And this word is used two other times by Paul in this book. And both times it's used in regards to people, which means if you get into proper Bible translation, it has to be referring to people here. That's how he used it two other times in this letter. And, and it just simply means that which has come to its full age that which is fully ripe. And you know what it's referring to? When Jesus comes back and we're changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, and that's going to be an incredible time, and that's what the perfection is. And I don't know about you, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. You might say, well, okay, teleos, that helps me. What else helps me? Well, listen to verse 12 right below. It says, now we see but a poor reflection in a mirror. Even with the Bible. Remember what Paul's writing to them. This is the Bible that he's writing them. This is one of the Bible letters that he wrote. He says, uh, we see now a poor reflection in a mirror. The Bible's perfect, but our interpretation is, we're not seeing, we don't know everything about God. There's no way for God to get us to understand everything about him in, in the scriptures. There's no way for us to get it through our brain. Our brains can't calculate it. So he goes on and says, but then we shall see face to face. Is there anybody here that has seen God face to face? No. Listen to what he goes on to say. Now I know in part... Then I shall know fully. Let me ask you this. Since you've had a Bible, do you know everything about God fully? No. Then it's referring to when we're changed in a moment in a twinkle of an eye. It it goes, honestly, listen to this. Now we know in part, then I will know fully. I love this part, even as I am fully known. Whoa. So get a hold of this. Do you know God knows everything about you? The Bible says he knows every thought and every intent of your heart. You are fully known by God. God knows us fully and loves us. I think that's pretty cool that God knows me fully and he still loves me. Thank you, God. That's the love of God. But he says, you're gonna know him fully as he knows you fully. You know when that's happening? When Jesus comes and we rise up to meet him. What an incredible day. God's gonna write the scriptures on our heart. It's gonna be awesome. But right now, we're looking at God kinda of through that mirror. We, we know what we know, we don't understand. I can't comprehend eternity, I can't comprehend heaven, I, can't, I don't know the future, but there's gonna come a day when we know everything like God does, and I'm looking forward to that day. That's why I don't buy that argument, plus the gifts were working for hundreds of years after the apostles died, after the Bible was written. You read church history, they're just working and going on and on and on. Here's the second argument. And, and, and I understand it in part, what they're saying. They say this, I, I already have the Holy Spirit if I'm a Christian. And you know what? This is 100% true. I believe that statement. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. Take a look at this text, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, and you are not your own? Paul's writing this to Christians. And you, you, did you know the church in Corinth was a mixed church? You can, re, you can find out in 1 Corinthians 12, It was a mixed church. There were people that were spirit-filled in the church. There were people that weren't spirit-filled in the church. I believe every good church is going to be mixed. You're going to have people that believe it, some people that are checking it out, and and this church was mixed. But Paul said this to them. He said, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Now, this this is really important. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And I love, do you see the word have received? It's the Greek word echo. Echo means this. It means something's been given to you and you have it. That's why he says you're the house of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit inside you. Remember that echo, echo. Now, I want to read you another verse. This is really cool, and it's in uh, Acts 19, verses 1 and 2. And it says this, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, we just told you he's already in us, but what's Paul doing saying, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And this makes people upset. They're like, if, if they're not spirit-filled and they're not interested, they'll get mad at us because they'll think we're saying they don't have it. And I'm, well, I'm not saying that, man. They have as much of the Holy Spirit as I do. I'll tell you what, there's a bunch of people that have received the Holy Spirit that never use it. So what good is it doing them? It's not an event you'd have one time. If you don't use it, it does you no good. And uh, you're not plugged in, man. It's not plugged in at all. But this word... This is a cool word. Uh, Do you see the word, did you receive? Uh, It's another Greek word. It's the Greek word lambano. I just want you to think of tango. Lambano. So think of lambano. You know what lambano means? Man, lambano means to take hold of that which you've already got, you already have, to take hold of what you already have. It's totally a different word. And when Paul asked them, did you receive the Holy Ghost? He isn't saying, did you echo him? No, he, he just taught us in 1 Corinthians that you have him. So he's not saying, did you echo him? He's saying, man, did you take hold of him? That's plugging in. That's plugging it in so you can tap into power. And he's asking the question, did you guys tap into the power yet? I think that's cool. Uh, my first iPad, here's my first iPad. I bring it up in case this goes bad. I have, I have another one. Um, so I'm not stuck up here without notes. And and, uh, this first one, a guy in the church just said, I want to take you to coffee. And and, and he said, God laid it on my heart to give you an iPad. I didn't have one yet, and it wasn't in my budget, but I wanted one, and I'd been praying for one. So I was so excited when he gave that to me. Now, let's imagine this one that was given to me. Let's say I just put it at home, sat it on a a bookshelf, and he asked me in a month or so, he says, so uh, how do you like that iPad? And I'd say, I echo it. That means I have it. But then he's going to say, Do you use it? Do you do, you do emails with it? And I'm going to say, I'm 55. Uh, I'm scared of that thing. Um, I, I don't use it at all. And and uh so he's he's not gonna be happy with me. So he's he's not asking me if I echo it. What he's asking me is he says, Have you lambanded it? Or have you taken hold of it? And with the Holy Spirit, my question is, is it just sitting on a shelf? Or have you taken hold of it? And that, that's what Paul meant when he said, Have you received? the Holy Spirit. God brought it on me really in a different way, very supernatural, but there's so many ways to receive. Let's look at argument number three, and we'll begin to wind it up. Uh, its purpose, uh, critics will say, is to speak another language to someone uh, so you can share Christ with them, and that did happen in the Bible. You know, on the day of Pentecost, 120 people were filled. Uh, they went out into the streets. There were Jews from every, every, every country there. They all spoke different languages. And take a look at what happened. These guys are filled with the Spirit for the first time, speaking in these other tongues. Acts 2, 7, and 8 read. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They explained, these people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native language. God does that sometimes. How about this? 1 Corinthians 14, 22. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign, not for Christians, but for non-Christians. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of the Christian, not the non-Christian. So, so we have those two verses. Let me tell you a story. I have these pastor friends and they tell me the coolest stories, and especially missionary friends. Uh, this one guy told me he was in a service and he felt God wanted them to speak out in tongues and then interpret it. And so at the end of the service, he met this man. He met a Jewish man. And this Jewish man spoke Hebrew. And this Jewish man didn't wanna to come to church. His friend drug him in. He, to- he told him, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't wanna hear about Jesus. So his friend drags him in. So he's there. And so at the end of the service, he says to this this friend of mine, he says, hey, do you speak Hebrew? The guy says, I've never spoken Hebrew in my life. He said, really? He said, when you spoke out in service, he said, you spoke perfect Hebrew. It was flawless. And he said, you know what you said? He said, no, I don't know what I said. And he said, I interpreted some of it. And he did. He said, well, the words you said were exactly what I argued with God before I came in. And it touched this man, and he accepted Christ. God will do that sometimes. But the question is, is that the only purpose of the gift? God's a multitasker. You're going to see that right now. He, he believes in multitasking. He doesn't waste our time. Uh, it's, I, I just think God's a timely, no-waste-time no guy. And uh, uh, I want to build off of this now and show you some of the other reasons, because Holy Spirit prayer plugs us into power. And, and take a look at this, 1 Corinthians 14.2. And you'll notice it's a, it's a prayer thing. It says, this is one of the verses I read when I first accepted Christ and said, I want this, I want this. It says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. See, some people say it's just for you know, sharing the gospel in another language when God wants you to. No, no, no. It says, indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit and i want you to know that I he's telling you you're praying out of your spirit already in this verse but notice what he says you speak directly to god so now he's saying this is also a prayer tool i love to pray and i like i thank god for this prayer tool because we we should pray in our known language we should pray scriptures and i do I, I do i do that all the time but now i have another tool when i first received that day i had no idea what i had it scared me i said god why did you give this to me and then over the years i figured it out Listen to verse 14, just uh, 12 verses down. It says this, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. That's pretty cool. But, if, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Uh, well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I pray in English for us. I'll also pray in the Spirit. He says, I will sing in the Spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. So now he's letting us know that when I pray in other tongues... I call it praying in other tongues, or I could say when I speak in other tongues, I'm praying out of my spirit, which means I'm bypassing the old brain. Thank God for our brains, but our brains, can you all agree our brains are limited? I don't know what's going on in your life right now. I don't know what's going to happen a week from now, but in the spirit, we can pray those things out. I love the way the Amplified Bible brings this out. Now, in case you don't know what the Amplified Bible is, most translations you'll see me read they're, they're replacing one Greek or Hebrew word for one English word. That's, that's, they, they stay within that strict guideline. Well, the Amplified Bible, these scholars said some of the Greek words, are they, they paint pictures. So we need a whole sentence to describe the picture. So they just amplified the scriptures. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful Bible to read. And uh, here, here, here's the Amplified for verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays but my mind is unproductive, it bears no fruit, and helps nobody. This is a powerful. Now, the Greek language is actually saying, when, when I pray in the Spirit, it's not just my Spirit. My Spirit doesn't know the future. My Spirit doesn't know what's going on in your life, but the Holy Spirit does. So think about this. When you pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's praying through you. This becomes really powerful, because now God's praying through you. So I have this Saturday morning prayer group. You guys have heard me talk about it at times. We begin at 9 a.m. We pray till about 10.05. We pray in my office. I average about 14, 15 people. Have more guys that come out than ladies to pray. We just pray our hearts out. And we pray both ways. So yesterday, let me tell you some of the things we pray. We prayed categories yesterday. Yesterday, we prayed for everyone at Believers that's sick, that's dealing with something in their physical body. So I prayed in English. I said, Lord, you know, heal the sick. Lord, help them, whatever their problems are. And then, then I did this, I said, Lord, now we're going to pray in the Spirit, and I just ask that the Holy Spirit prays through us for everybody that's dealing with sickness. Now, that's powerful, because now God knows what's going on in your body. I don't even know if you're sick, He does. God knows why, some of you don't even know what your problem is, but God does, and as we prayed in the Spirit, God began to pray through us. Think about this, whether you walk out of here, you might walk out of here and say, Pastor Joe, I'm going to put this on a spiritual bookshelf. Cool, cool, that's cool. But I'm still going to pray for you. Is that okay? I, I'm going to pray Holy Ghost prayer for you, man. And God's going to help you. You know what else we prayed? We had a segment where I said, God, man, anybody that's in any chain of bondage, uh, maybe they're dealing with fear, anxiety, anxiety. Uh, uh, whatever it might be depression oppression lord maybe they're struggling with a sin i don't know what all the chains are we come here and we smile but you know nobody knows what's really what we're really battling guys and uh, i said lord whatever it is and then we prayed in english and then we prayed in the spirit and you know we prayed for god to release you and break chains yesterday that's pretty cool i don't even know what i prayed but i know god did some incredible things so this is a prayer language you know what else it does i like this part uh this is my last one. Check this out, man. Uh, it, it, it builds us up. It strengthens us. Listen to 1 Corinthians 14.4. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. And uh, so Paul's talking about corporate versus private. And he said, in your private time, when you pray in tongues, you edify yourself. This Greek word's really cool. And I love to read after Greek scholars. And you know, you know what they say about this word they say it paints a picture, and if we were to use a modern-day example, uh, it would paint a picture of us having a rechargeable battery and plugging it in into the wall to recharge it, to energize it. That's what it means, and God's saying we can do that with our spirit. We're the gatekeepers, so we want to keep our spirit charged and full of life. So everybody in this room, we all know you guys all know when your, your your phone's like ready to die right you just know it's ready to die and and i got to get it plugged in somewhere last night i did service and i think i was right around 50 uh energy after service but then i had to go and i had to work with someone on on an event for the future so i was at their house working on a future event and i left there and it was like 27 percent something like that and and all when i got home all i could do is I ran to a plug. I need this tomorrow, man. I have to use this to teach. I gotta find a plug. And you guys know what that's like. What? Well, when I plug into that socket, it energizes this and fills it up. In my life sometimes and in your life sometimes, life hits us with so many things. Life and the grind of it, the storms of it, it hits us. And so here's what God says. Hey, there's a way to release energy inside how, how many of you you don't have to raise your hand but how many had some coffee this morning when you woke up some some espresso i mean uh, you know you got some caffeine and you i call praying in the spirit spiritual caffeine and uh, it's just like a spiritual espresso and you're like boom uh you just you just load yourself up it's an incredible tool so let me finish out telling you how i use this gift because you guys if you've been here a length of time you watch me on tv the internet you know this guy is not a weird guy this is a this guy's solid And uh, I can introduce anybody I know to him, and he's solid. He's not going to make me ashamed of Jesus when I introduce him. Listen, listen. I try to pray in the Spirit about an hour every day, and I multitask it. I mean, this morning I was ironing this shirt, getting it ready for service. So I just had worship music on, and I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm energizing myself because I don't want to come out here and say, good morning. Welcome to believers. I want to come out and say, hey, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. I want to be full of life as I greet people, as I teach the Bible, and it just fills me up. And there, you know, worshiping fills us up. We found out last week, reading the Bible fills us up. But God says, here's another tool you can plug into. So I just, uh, when I don't have to use my mind, I'll just find some times and pray in the Spirit. I try to do it about an hour every day, and it changed my life. It empowers me. And if you're here and you say, man, I'm hungry for this. Let me just read one more scripture to you. Then I want to pray and I want to close out service. But here's a cool scripture. We read the first two verses, but I'll read them again. Acts 19, 1 and 2. When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he asked them, did you receive lambano, take hold of the Holy Spirit when you believed? And then listen to verse 6. He, He found some things out. And then verse 6. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. That's what happened to me when I was a new Christian. There there were about 12 men in all, and this is when they were filled. These 12 guys, they're the pillar of the church at Ephesus. They're the ones that built that church into one of the greatest churches in history. And so you're here and you say, well, what do I do? How do I receive? Well, there's hundreds of ways, not hundreds, but tons. And uh, so we're gonna have a class. It's called a Holy Spirit Connect Group. That's going to uh, be advertised next weekend. It's going to start in a couple weeks. So you can go through that class. We go through the book. It's called The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris, incredible pastor in Dallas. We go through his book on the subject. So if you want to go through the class and learn more, and then if you want prayed for we'll pray for you. But I, I could point people out in here. They just went in their room and said, God, I want this, and they came out praying and speaking. There's all kinds of ways to receive. The question I'm asking you is, Do you want to plug in? And that's between you and God. And so if you do, we have tons of ways. You can call our church office and one of our pastors will pray with you in private. Whenever you're ready, you can receive it on your own. Now for the rest of you, listen very carefully. Those of you that have received, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you plugged in and using this gift? It changes everything. And I'm looking at some of you who could stand up and say the blessing it has been to your life. And I want to encourage you to take it to the next level. Guys, let's close our eyes, let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father, I've done my best to teach the Bible today. I thank you for an incredible group of people. We thank you for all scripture. We thank you for this awesome subject, Lord God. Thank you for it. And Lord, as our (coughs) heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, uh, so many have received, we're thankful for it. We're making a commitment, Father, to use the gift more. And Father, others, Uh, brand new. Some are saying, I need to hear more. Others are saying, man, I want it. And some are saying, well, you did a good job, Pastor Joe. I, I still need to think about it. And that's great. Father, I just pray for everyone in this room right now. And I want to say to you, if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I want this gift. I'm not going to call you out to have you stand up, but I want to pray for you right now. So you whisper this to God. Just say, God, I want this. That's what I did in my office 30 some years ago. Just say, God, I'm hungry for this. I want it. And now, Lord, I just pray for everyone in this room. Father, everyone that prayed and said, I want it, I pray that they would receive the Holy Spirit, just like Paul did when he laid his hands on them. I pray, Father, and say, may they receive the Holy Ghost. May they lambano him. May they take hold of him. And Lord, we thank you, man, that you gave us all these tools. And everybody that can agree with this prayer, would you say amen? Hey, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just a minute more before I let you go. If you're here and you're not sure if you're forever, I want to give you a chance to be sure of your forever. I talked about how Peter shared with Cornelius, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No other way to heaven but through Jesus. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Fury, you you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember a day when I prayed and made it real with Jesus. I can't remember a day, Pastor Joe, when I accepted him as my Savior, but you say, I'm ready to do that today. If that's you, would you pray with us right now? Let's make it real. Let's make it personal. You may have been in a traditional church where you repeated prayers, but you say, I can't remember really meaning them. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here, you say, that's me. Pray with me right now. Everyone else, would you help us pray? Say this after me. Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe I receive you as my Savior. And I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast.